Hey guys, episode 1, 14 is a lucky number, and this is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, hosted by Enam Kwasi and Justin Farber. So there it is, Joe Johnson does it again, another game winner, third game winner of the year, uh, the Brooklyn Nets won last night in overtime in an exciting game, which I decided to sell tickets to, um... But, yeah, it was a good game. They went, The final score was Brooklyn 113-111. Joe Johnson hit a clutch shot at the end of regulation, 1.3 seconds left to tie the game to send it into overtime, and then he does it again, uh, just taking out the competition. I think he uh, crossed up Bahamute to hit the game winner. It was a definitely an exciting game. I... Uh, I wish I was there. I know Justin did. He was yelling in the subway at Union Square, uh, crying, actually, uh, with pain that he did not go to the game. But that's part of uh, being a Brooklyn Nets season ticket holder. Sometimes you show up, and they lose miserably. And sometimes they uh, do magical things. But uh, I'm glad that you guys are here listening to this podcast right now. Uh, I want to give you a little introduction to who I am. Um, I am Enam Kwasi, uh, born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut, and and moved out to Brooklyn about four years ago. I got whiff of the wind that uh, Brooklyn might be having a professional basketball team. And if you guys are familiar with Connecticut basketball, go Huskies. Uh, we always had uh, collegiate basketball as our number one priority. So... Now that I'm in Brooklyn, I live down the street in the same village, Prospect Heights, of where the Barclay Center is. So if you guys are ever down in uh, Brooklyn, uh, tweet at me at Brooklyn Ga- BrooklynRebound.com, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll connect. I could tell you all the good brunch spots or uh, happy hour spots, but um, that's about it for for the local scene and. It's, it's a li- literally a lively area, and you know I'm, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I'm able to get this uh, podcast going for you guys. So uh, hopefully we can uh, start a good conversation about where New York basketball is heading. I know this is the home of uh, the Knicks forever. My brother's a diehard uh, Knicks fan. I grew up with a Knicks fan. I know uh, I know how much. Pain they've gone through the last 10 years, and I know the success they had uh, in the 90s. Uh, I was a I was a fan of uh, Allen Houston. I liked them then. I uh, liked him actually a lot. But but now it's all about the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm gonna do a little recap of last night's game. We're gonna go into um, a little review of the first half of the season. Uh, there's a big thing happening in about less than 24 hours. I don't know. It's like an NBA trade deadline or something. But we're gonna we're gonna go into that, um, and you know we're gonna keep it pretty short. I'm without my co-host today, uh, Justin Farber. Um, he probably will be uh, joining us on the Nest podcast, but for now, uh, just hold it hold it down for him, and uh, we'll see how this goes. All right, so. First up, uh, the recap of last night's game. So, like I said, it was an exciting game. Um, I was able to watch it when I got home. Um, I'm in a 
skee ball league, so it's it's pretty intense. I had a I had a play last night. You know that that recap was pretty intense too. I uh, went down to the wire. I was down. We were up by forty points, and the other team had a chance to win, and they couldn't do it. So nothing but skeels is our skee ball name, and we are victorious once again. But yeah, for the Nets game. God, I'm getting off track here. I feel like I feel like I'm uh um <laughs> I feel like I'm Donnie the douche, like Nick Kroll's character from Parks and Rec, where I'm like, oh boy, well you're in the douche right now, you know, and just completely erratic with anything I'm going. But you know, it's my first podcast. I'm a little nervous, but you know, let's get back into this Brooklyn Nets re- review for the fourth time. Um, <laughs> anyways, um. So yeah, they they played a tough game um, last night. It was a lot of ebbs and flows of the game. It was like back and forth with uh, with Brandon Jennings. Oh my God, this guy! This guy is a star point guard of the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know what Milwaukee's thinking. There's apparently rumors in the past that he's available for trade, but this guy is phenomenal. He put up I think 36 points last night. Some yes, ridiculous amount. Um, and one of the major points of last night's game was uh, he actually was uh, crossing up Darren Williams pretty badly. Uh, Darren Williams coming off his uh, little ankle um, treatment he had last night, or last week, my apologies. Uh, and apparently Darren Williams can't jump. Then again, Darren Williams can't guard a guy crossing him up like Darren, like Brandon Jennings. Uh, I've seen many crossovers on Darren Williams this year. Uh, Kyrie Irving has done it to him pretty badly this year. And I think Brandon Jennings is right up there with uh, that crossover. Although Darren Williams himself has a one of the most killer crossovers in the NBA, but I don't think we'll see that flashy Darren Williams until next year. Uh, but that's another story when he gets healed. and and right. But yeah, everyone... I don't know if there's a lot of Bucks fans at the arena, but I think it, in New York and in Brooklyn and when you see uh, crossovers or you see dunks, I mean, any fan will just say, ooh, ah, but they were loud on the TV, and it looked, it sounded like there was a lot of support for <laughs> the crossing over uh, ability of Brandon Jennings. Um, but yeah, Jennings had a really, really good game. Um, they couldn't really stop him. Uh, so did Monte Ellis, and I guess that's their one-two punch. Uh, one of the things towards the end of the Overtime, I think Jennings had a shot where he uh, he crossed up, I think it was Humphreys or Lopez, and he went to the hole, and the the ball basically went in and out of the hoop, and that gave the Nets uh, a chance to win the game. The game was tied uh, at the moment, and they gave the Nets a chance to win the game last night. So uh, fast forward, uh, Joe Johnson has the ball, and he's able to put it in with no time expired. And everyone cheers and goes insane. Um, but it was a, it was a hard-fought game by the Nets coming off their first game from the All-Star break. They uh, are, are uh, looking good at home again. I think this month uh, has been a, a pretty good month considering last month was terrible. Um, but, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see where they go. Uh, with the Nets um, pl- towards a playoff push, uh, and this goes to my predictions now for um, for their future. Right now, uh, the first half of the season was good, um, better than expected as a season ticket holder, uh, and uh, 
huge fan. Did not think that we would be fourth in the East. I think I was thinking realistically maybe sixth and fifth, and maybe make the push to uh, to uh, one of the top teams maybe in the East. Uh, Miami's in a class of their own right now, but I think that we, the Brooklyn Nets, can take uh, some steps up there. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen from now until the trade deadline tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Um, So the team could be completely different um, for the second half of the game. But with the team as is, as what I'm predicting, I think we will stay in that three or four um, position to... Uh, have home court advantage, which will be really exciting. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, playoff basketball is another animal, and and playoff basketball in the first inaugural season of the Brooklyn Nets. I I don't even know. It's it's going to be really, really, really intense, especially if uh, we play like a rival like the Celtics, or um, if we play the Bulls. I know there's a lot of Chicago transplants that live from move from Chicago to the New York City area so they'll be in the house and you know if for any reason we play the Knicks if it was a four or five match uh that would be that would be that would be intense as all hell I think every New York basketball fan wants that uh I think we are capable of beating most of the teams in the east except for Miami there's we're not we're not even on their level yet so but we'll uh we'll get there. Uh we'll see what moves are on the horizon. I think we're gonna finish off um around the same ranking right now. Uh fourth maybe. Uh in the east, maybe third. Uh, I think Indiana is is good even though we beat them in, in their house and they have one of the best home records. Uh, I think we beat them last Wednesday without Darren Williams, which was impressive when uh Tyshawn Taylor played uh, out of his mind. And yeah, Tyshawn Taylor. That's the first Tyshawn Taylor reference of this podcast. Uh, didn't think that was going to be said when I started this podcast, but um, he's a good player, so we'll see. Um, and let's go into um, let's go into some NBA trade deadline uh, news. So the big the big thing that hasn't happened yet is Josh Smith of the Atlanta Hawks. He is rumored to go many places. I just saw uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski is that is that how you say it? Um, I guess I don't have Justin to correct me, but I'll uh, I'll say that for now until uh, Justin proves me otherwise. Um, and he is listing three teams right now. Um, as the possible suitors. I just tweeted that out a little while ago. Um, the tweet was, I think, the Bucks, uh, the Suns, and the Nets. Now, the snag with Josh Smith is that he wants uh, a max deal, and he's a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So, uh, it's kind of like the Dwight Howard situation. Uh, I promise not to really mention Dwight Howard on this podcast because he's not a person of interest. Um, well, for the Nets he is, but not of my interest. He can go to hell. Um, anyways, yeah, uh, so uh, the Josh Smith situation can um, can go any which way. Uh, I think Danny Ferry, the GM for Atlanta Hawks, he is going to move 
uh, in another direction and rebuild with young pieces and, um, you know, some, some draft picks. So I don't know how the Nets can, I mean, one young piece we do have is Marshawn Brooks. I'm a big fan of Marshawn Brooks. Um, he was a former Big East player of the year, uh, for Providence. Um, not to get into huge college ball, but, uh, when he was playing the Huskies, he just lit it up. And when the Nets got them, got him for basically nothing, traded him to the Celtics for another, uh, I think, first rounder. Um, I don't even know his name. Uh, it was a steal. And Marshawn Brooks has been in the doghouse with Avery Johnson because he doesn't play defense that well. Um, but, you know, that's the thing with young players. You don't, you, a lot of coaches don't feel comfortable playing young players. Uh, PJ, I think, is coaching, you know, a little bit of uh, a looser style than Avery Johnson was when he was let go. But uh, he still feels the same principle of an evaluation of Marshawn. I'm sure his assistant coaches, Papa Jones and Mary Ellie, Mary Super Mario Ellie, feel the same way. Um, and with that, they're not gonna. They only play them in spurts. Although last night uh, he came in pretty early i think he was uh uh he was maybe the first or second person off the bench so that was in the first quarter and that was pretty um astonishing that he was able to come out pretty early uh i don't think he did much last night uh, let me just double check real quick on his stat line and god i got nothing prepared uh, for you guys but thank god for the interwebs right um so yeah, uh, last night Marshawn Brooks put up uh, four minutes. That was the only four minutes he played. Yep, and two points, one turnover, and he was a negative three in the Hollinger per. Um, so he missed two free throws too. So yeah, uh, I mean Marshawn Brooks is an incredible talent. I know there's probably teams that are interested in him. But I think you'd be a package deal for anything, um, especially Josh Smith. So the rumor trade is uh, getting rid of uh, Mr. Uh, Kardashian. He's still Mr. Kardashian until he's finally divorced. He's separated. Apparently he's still he's a claimant of the father of uh, Kardashian and Kanye. So um, he could be having a baby if he never if he doesn't get divorced, uh, and it wouldn't be his kid. I think it would be a good Maury episode. Um, yeah, so it would be Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, uh, maybe a filler like uh, uh, Boshan Bojadovic. He is actually um, one of the second-leading scorers in Europe right now. Uh, the Nets picked him, uh, bought, uh, bought him last year in the draft, and he's expected to come over next year. Um, but, you know, European players are, can be uh, hit or miss for some some teams. Uh, we have one of the best we have the best scorer from Europe last year, MT3 Mirza Teletovic. He currently is not uh, doing much. I think it's more of a matchup thing with uh, PJ when he plays him. If they have a uh, if they want to spread the floor out and and uh, and take the bigs away from the paint uh, MT3 will play a lot more minutes. Um, but sometimes he doesn't play. And last night he had a DMP um, Mr. Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse had a DMP, Tyshawn Taylor had a DMP, um, so, so the trade would be Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, uh, Tyshawn Taylor, or Bonanovich, and maybe a pick, 
Humphreys comes off the books next year. He's got he's owed I think twelve million uh, next year. I can't believe that. Um, uh, and he's a capable double double. I mean, yeah, last two years the Nets really didn't have anyone, but still, I mean, just because there's no no, no teammates of are uh, no competition for the power four spot, averaging a double double in this league is you know pretty difficult to do. Uh, there's only a few um, you know top players that can do that. Uh, even on a really bad team like the last year's New Jersey Nets were. Um, so if that trade is to happen and Josh Smith is to come to the Nets, we uh, we finally get some athleticism to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we get uh, a shot blocker. I mean, Brook Lopez is one of the top shot blockers in the league, but he's not really known for a shot blocker. Um, he's been doing a good job. I think last night he proved he was doing some strong side defense and and uh you know blocking people coming to the hole i think he had three or four blocks last night uh he had three um maybe altered another one when i was watching it and uh having josh smith is huge because uh one of the problems the nets have is giving the ball to a power forward in the paint and <laughs> having the shot go up reggie evans uh god bless him you know he's a rebounding machine but his offensive skills are not really, uh, you know, anything. So Reggie Evans is still going to be uh, a huge, important piece, um, unless a team is really interested in getting some rebounds and getting some balls grabbed. Um, I don't know if you guys know the history of Reggie Evans, but there was a game. I think he was on the Nuggets, and came in. Chris Kamen was on the Clippers in the playoffs, where he put his hand in the cookie jar. Um, Reggie Evans, uh, felt some balls and they weren't a basketball. So yeah, uh, that's never going to escape me whenever I'm talking about Reggie Evans, uh, ball grabber, rebounder. I mean, this is the Brooklyn rebound, so I guess he should probably be the mascot or the face of, <laughs> of this podcast. Um, but yeah, so Chris Humphreys uh, being moved, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, Reggie Evans and Chris Humphreys are the same position. We uh, we have problems scoring in the paint, uh, other than Brooke Lopez, when uh, someone's open. So like, if you get if you add a Josh Smith to the team, you can um, you know you can spread out the floor a little bit. He Josh Smith likes shooting some threes. He's not really a good three point shooter. Although this year he's been doing pretty well with his shot selection. Um, but he's a strong athletic guy uh he'll be dunking the basketball um pretty easily there'll be a lot more plays where we can throw up in the air that's one thing the nets cannot do really i mean uh when you're running breaks everyone's always doing layups or you know transition dunks there's not a lot of alley-ooping um for the brooklyn nets and uh josh smith would add that alley-oop uh ability to our team um so hopefully Something happens where the Nets can add a piece. I'm hoping, you know, one of the other possible scenarios are Paul Millsap, although there's more late, latest rumors are that he's not, uh, Utah and Brooklyn are not really talking. I don't know how that would really work with sending Humphreys back to the Jazz. He used to play on the Jazz with Darren Williams 
when they were both on the team, and adding Millsap to the team would be huge. Uh, Millsap can make open jump shots. He can make three-pointers. He uh, He's strong. He's a rebounding machine, too. But more importantly, he's more offensively gifted than Humphreys and Evans combined. Um, so uh, if, if the Nets are able to get a scoring four um, and – you know, uh, able to get a four that plays defense. I know Humphreys and uh, Humphreys one-on-one defend. He can't do that much, but he's a good help defender, especially on the on the pick and rolls, um, which has been one of the Nets' defenses at Killy Heels. You know, we don't guard the pick and roll as example of when the Spurs came into town and Tony Parker shredded us because they were just running pick and roll all day. So. Uh, we'll see how that goes with the trade deadline. Um, I'm sure I'll be tweeting about it a little bit tomorrow and seeing uh, what we can do and what our possible anal- uh, I'll analyze the trades if they happen tomorrow. Um, in terms of other NBA rumors, I don't think uh, Dwight Howard is going to be traded. I know I mentioned that I wouldn't talk about Dwight Howard and breaking that rule already, but Everyone likes talking about Dwight Howard, so I guess call me a hypocrite. But, yeah, Dwight Howard will – I don't think he'll be traded this year. Um, I think they're going to stand pat and just keep it at his. Everything's, apparently everything's contingent on Josh Smith, so once that happens, then other things will fall. Uh, Josh Smith is rumored to go to Milwaukee for Monte Ellis. Um, that would be something – that Atlanta could build with Jeff Teague and uh, Monte Ellis, and then Josh Smith would be, you know, a huge piece to uh, bolster up their front court. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so with this last night's game, uh, the Nets actually have ten overtime wins in a row. They're five and zero in overtime this season. Um, before last night's win, they were thirteen losses. Uh, in a row to the Bucks, which is, I think, one of the longest streaks from one team against another holding. Um, the last time they won was March 3rd, 2009. Uh, actually, that's about the time I moved to Brooklyn. Um, and with that, um, 14 was their lucky number last night. They're playing them tonight. This is a little preview for tonight's game. I think uh, the Bucks are definitely going to come out pretty strong. Uh, they have... Uh, Milwaukee has one of the I think coolest things in um and uh their basketball uh stadium which not the stadium itself but they have this one section and uh, there's always uh one of these cool sections but they they do all these college chants um and it's in the upper level I've never been to Milwaukee I've uh I've seen articles and read about about this and uh you know they just act like uh a Cameron crazy would you know, at Duke, where they're just, you know, yelling, jumping up and down, doing chants, and they're in unison all the time. That's pretty impressive. So I'm uh, I'm afraid that the, the Nets are going to have uh, a hangover from last night's uh, emotional victory. Um, I think they're not going to come out strong. I think the, the Bucks are basically uh, pretty eager to, because they're in a playoff position too. The Bucks are number eight right now. So they're their playoff team, playoff caliber team, and I think they're going to bring it to the Nets. I don't know. I think the final score will be pretty, uh, you know, maybe 10, 9 points uh, difference. That's my prediction. Uh, I think the Bucks will take off 
and win this game uh, tonight. I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong, but you never know. Um, after Brandon Jennings' night last night, I think uh, he is eager to uh, stick it to the Nets as Joe Johnson stuck it to the Bucks last night. And I guess we should fear the deer tonight, maybe. So uh, here's one of my uh, one of my sections uh, favorite parts of watching Nets games are. Um, watching Jay-Z's reactions. Uh, I'm a big hip-hop fan, and uh, uh, Biggie and Nas are, you know, two of my favorite rappers of all time. Jay-Z's right there, too. Um, But uh, I want to give you my Hove notes of the game. So, uh, first note would be uh, when when, uh, Barclays Center, they play uh, uh, My Name is Hove, like the intro uh, to one of his tracks on uh, on the Black album, the interlude track produced by Just Blaze, um, he what Jay Z likes to do is check his phone. You know, um, I guess he doesn't have to do work since you know his voice is empowering for many. Uh, Ti thought it was empowering enough to put it as a hook for his course and uh, bring him out. So uh, another note that Jay Z does. Uh, you know, when J- Joe Johnson hits clutch shots, Jay-Z likes to say, Mother effer, and claps. That's one of his favorite things to do, apparently. And uh, the last hove note of the game is uh, when the Nets hit game winners, Jay-Z likes licking his lips. So, um, yep, those are the notes, hove notes of the game. Uh, hopefully, uh, he'll be at a lot more games in which I can uh, bring this in uh, very important piece to the podcast. I know there's a lot of uh, hip-hop fans around, so um, they want to know what Jay-Z is thinking and doing at all times because he doesn't tweet enough. He He's not a tweeter. He uh, says what he wants during big moments, like when uh, the Nets beat the Knicks the first time and the Nets had a better record than the Knicks. Since then, we haven't, but, you know, we're coming. We're coming for the Knicks. And Jay-Z tweeted, uh, the city is under new management. So, um, yep. So, this is going to be the end of the first podcast. Uh, I'm sure sure it won't be as awkward as the next one. If it is, that's cool. As long as you guys still listen. Uh, Right now, I'm uh, still setting up my uh, uh, Twitter account. And Gmail, but I think uh, the Twitter account is almost finalized. It's going to be the Brooklyn Rebound. Not the Brooklyn Rebound, but it'll be at Brooklyn Rebound. So please tweet at me with uh, your input or anything you guys have. Uh, I'll be posting the podcast on uh, brooklynrebound.tumblr.com um, and hopefully get my Gmail set up for that too. Yeah, so professional. Uber professional. Uh, one quick note: I was able to today was a big moment. I was able to meet uh, one of my favorite sports writers, Howard Beck. Um, that's what really inspired me to just do it today. Uh, talked to him for a little bit. He's a really cool guy. Um, really smart. Really laid back. Funny. And uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that that happened today for me to do this podcast um, right now. Uh, next time, um, we're definitely going to have a lot more guests in the podcast. I have a couple of friends that are very opinionative about their basketball views, but, you know, very smart. 
So, uh, including our co-host, Justin Farber, who's MIA right now. But uh, he will be definitely on the next podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm doing a weekly thing or not. I think uh, I'm aiming for every Wednesday. Maybe I feel like I want to talk a little bit more. Maybe I want to do a little more chit-chat. So, but yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, go Nets.